Number one, ramen or pho? Pho, if it means that I can be in Vietnam, pho. Number two, introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Number three, what recent conversation has stuck with you? The flatmate I'm living with last night, she asked me in, in English, what do you say when you're hasta, you, hasta los cojones about something? And I said, that means I'm up until my balls. She said, I'm up to my balls with the confinement. I'm sick of this thing. Number four, what was your first job? I worked in the dining room at a retirement home. I was a dining room attendant. Fancy word for waitress when I was 16. Number five, what design project are you most proud of? An environment for kids that I designed while I was at my last corporate job. So it was really cool to try to translate these big concepts and the idea of working a job into something for fifth and sixth graders to make them feel, you know, just like humans that participate in, in the economy. Number six, who or where do you look to for business wisdom? Her name is Catherine Joakum. She's Creme Brands and she, I think she's been doing branding and websites for clients for at least seven or eight or nine years. I look to myself. I've, I've started to learn to see what expectations I can learn from myself instead of trying to be other people. Number seven, where will you be living in 10 years? Ideally, I'll be about a third of the year in the United States, visiting with my friends and my family, a third of the year um, living somewhere beautiful and amazing like Vietnam and having a home base there, and then a third of the year traveling to other places in the world. To get us started, when did you go into business for yourself? I think it really started uh, when I went into life for myself. For the first 10 years after I graduated with my design degree, I basically worked for the man in one way or another. After a, a pretty big health episode in 2016, on January 18, 2017, um, I had sublet my apartment from Baltimore and packed up and put all my stuff in storage. And I went with a 60 liter backpack, my MacBook Pro, a one-way ticket off to travel. What inspired you to say like, I just want to keep going as a, a freelancer that's globetrotting? I was not at all ready to subscribe to uh, you know, living in one place, working 40 hours a week for someone else and having to show up to an office eight hours a day, five days a week. I really wanted it to see how far I could push it. And if I couldn't do it, and trust me, there were so many nights I woke up at three in the morning, um, you know, on kind of that amusement park of terrors, I like to call it, where you think, what the hell am I doing? I'm never going to make any money. I'm going to have to live with my parents forever. No one's going to hire me. I'm never going to get another project. So that's, that's, that's where I was. And I think I just wanted it. And when I finally got this one connection, I, I, I made it happen. I made it happen because of the network and connection I had had up in my life until that point. What was the first professional meeting like? So she had literally never seen my face. We had never met face to face. I was 12 hours ahead of her. And so luckily for me, her schedule was such that she wanted to either meet very early in the morning or very late in the evening. I didn't want her to think that even though I was on the other side of the world, it's not like I was on Mars. So I had to learn to ask really pointed questions. And honestly, not having the video for a while was helpful because I didn't have to fear the look on her face when I asked a pointed question or what my face might look like. Um, it Honestly, it got me more comfortable talking about money 
how do you get good about talking about money in this type of circumstance? When someone wants to hire you or they're interested in hiring you, um, either they're already experienced, they've worked with vendors before and they, they know what they need and what they can spend and what their timeline is, or they have no idea and they're even more shy than you are and they're afraid to talk about money. So if you can lead the conversation and set the expectation from the beginning, um, then it means they don't have to do it and they you kind of already come out looking like a badass who's going to lead the way. And people like that. What else goes into that? Letting the client know from the beginning how you work and what you need in order to um, serve them in the way that they need to be served. What are the expectations that you share as you're leading a conversation? I'm learning that it has to start on my website and the way that I project myself and the way that I talk to and carry myself. I've learned that I've got to show people that things are simple and that I will show them how it's done. Boundaries are important for me and for them. You know, I don't respond to emails at every hour of the day. One thing that I haven't done that's kind of in the next phase of that I'm growing my business is a welcome packet, kind of an intro packet for when a client signs on to tell them what your normal office hours are, you know, how the communication will go, where they can find all their files, etc got a Google form on my website. Someone fills it out and I've already asked them a lot of questions like what their business is, what kind of project they're looking for, what their main goals are, whether or not they've worked with the designer before. And I ask them what their budget range is. And I put dollar signs on there and numbers. So once I receive that completed form, um, I get an email alert about that. I can read through the responses. And then I say, why don't you grab a meeting time for us here? And I add a link to my calendar, which is on a website called calendly.com. So folks click on that link and they can choose whatever time they want. Of course, I set it up to times that are actually suit me. Calendly has gone ahead and put it on my calendar, put it on that person's calendar. So when the time comes for the Zoom call, that was automatically set up. Um, that's always a 30 minute meeting. And I let the client speak first and to just listen first and try to pick up clues from how they talk about themselves, what kind of confidence they have. Are they in a rush? Do they know what they're looking for? And then just sort of guide the conversation from there. How much do you describe the your process on your website? Right now, I don't address the process at all on my site because when I built this site three years ago, I was still in freelance mode. I was not in business mode, which are very, two very different modes. What's the difference between freelance mode and business mode? To me, freelance mode means... You're taking whatever comes your way. Um, you know, you're kind of just letting people come to you with referrals, which is great. And I'm glad that I have a network and I'm lucky to be getting these referrals. But it's just whoever's coming to the door, they knock and I answer it, right? I'm. You're in business mode when you have figured out what works for you, the type of clients that you want, and how to attract those clients. What was the point you realized you were a freelancer and you wanted to be a businesswoman. I wasn't building a project list that was repeatable. I'm telling you, my clients had a big burden. They were doing a lot of work because I didn't have all my ducks in a row. Have you learned that you need to say no to more people? I've learned when I need to say no. When do you need to say no? Sooner. Much sooner than I did before. Once I find out what their budget is and their demeanor about what kind of timeline they're looking for, 
and I can sort of tell how seriously they're going to take this investment. I can, I can decide if it's, if it's going to be worth my, my time and their time, but I'm also attracting now more things that, that are good for me because I'm putting more of that out there. I'm completing more projects that are like the ones I want to attract more of and I'm getting more referrals for those kinds of projects. And how do you say no? Saying no is easy once you figure out how to do it. Sometimes it can come in the form of an excuse, like if someone asks me to create something, sometimes I just don't have the time. I can't meet their timeline. I don't have capacity right now. I can refer you to another designer. Sometimes if it is a, a budget thing, I'll say, you know, I understand what your budget is. Here's what I, here's the work I can do for your budget. And then I always just tailor the scope of work down to what that budget is. Walk us through your process of someone finding you and wanting to work with you. I ask people what kind of help they need. And that's where they tell me which kind of service. Do they need a logo? Do they need a website, social media marketing, graphic design, or one-on-one -on -one consulting? I ask them for details. I ask for the main goals they hope to achieve on the project. I ask them to tell me a bit more about their organization and their URL if they have one. I ask them what a successful outcome would look like. And I ask them what their budget range is, whether they've worked with a professional designer before or not, and what prompted them to seek a professional designer to help at this particular time. I will respond to them in, um, in about 24 hours with a link to schedule a meeting on my calendar so that I can get more details about their project, learn more about it so that I can prepare a custom proposal. In that email that I send them the proposal, I have just, I say, here's the proposal. Thanks for letting me prepare this for you. If you're ready to move forward, I will send my creative services contract by, for your e-signature along with an invoice for the deposit for the project. What kind of visa or uh, considerations would someone have to have if they wanted to work internationally? I'm a United States citizen. And I am a U.S. tax resident. If you want to live abroad and work from another place, you've got to play by the rules of that place. For example, Vietnam, you can live there pretty much on a tourist visa your entire life, but still be a U.S. citizen and still just pay taxes to the United States of America. You don't have to pay taxes to Vietnam. Spain, for example, if you become, if, if you gain residency in Spain and you become a tax resident, you should register as a freelancer here and pay taxes to Spain. If you today were told yeah. you had to leave Spain and you could leave Spain, where would you go to next to work? Yeah, I've never been to Germany. I really want to go. Um, there's a lot of English there, good Wi-Fi, lots of you know digital nomads. Good beer. Good beer. Yeah. Um, I think it would be a good place to go while I'm in Europe. Lisbon is also meant to be a really amazing place for digital nomads. Ooh. And I've got a friend there. Yeah, I've got a friend there. So and she's also uh, a creative, an independent creative. So I could definitely go and hang with her for a while. I've got another friend that's in Vienna in Austria. I could probably share a flat with her a while and live and work from there. I'd probably try to stay in Europe first for a bit since I'm here. I've got to get to a point where I can charge premium prices so that I can take on less projects in order to offset that time zone difference and be able to actually enjoy the quality of life that I would have there. 
What do you think it will take to get the premium projects? My big project right now is overhauling my own website to really reflect that value, to show the simplicity, the streamlined process, to show how robust my portfolio is. And then I will feel more confident marketing myself. Where can people find your kick-ass website? I'm at meggoesglobal.com.